and he saw a woman and an oxen pulling a plow. And he looked to his left and there was a shade tree and three men were sitting under the shade tree playing checkers. He said, now that's where the gospel has not gone. That's where the Bible has not gone. God said regarding these daughters' request, they are right. God is on the side of the dignity and the equality of women. I know I sound like a social engineer here, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. At the height of Greek civilization, it's called the Golden Age, uh, time of Alexander the Great, women were considered property rather than a bride. They were not taught to read. They were not permitted to vote. They could not own land or inherit wealth. This is, a, and, uh, this is around 200 B.C., a thousand years after Numbers 27. Israel became different because of these women. In Rome, for the first hundred years after Christ, Women could own no property. They could receive no inheritance. Have you ever seen the Senate, Roman Senate, pictures of these men? They were all men. They had no right to participate. Women could not participate. But in Israel, women received the same rights, the same inheritance, the same property as the man. And it started right here in Numbers 27. So here's my message today. How can a woman make a difference? How can she change things? How can a mother shape the future for the next generation so that it increases and prospers and is blessed over the past one? And that's what I want to speak to you. And I have four things that these women did. How did they shape the, next, the future, the next generation? Number one, they came to God. They believed that uh, God can do the impossible. That God, I know their father is dead. I'm sure they relied on him for a lot. They surrounded by murmuring, unbelieving people. But they come, it says in verse 2, they stood before Moses and the priest and the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Now what is that in verse 2? In the, the tent of meeting was where the Ark of the Covenant was. And in the Ark of the Covenant... Exodus 25, 22 says, There I will meet with you above the mercy seat between the cherubim and I will speak with you about all I give to you. So here is what they did. First, they said, let's go ask God for it. 
Let's go to the tent of meeting with God. Let's get his blessing on what we're asking. Number two, they took the initiative. Verse three, our father died in the wilderness. He wasn't, he died for his sins. He wasn't a saint. But verse four says, but why should the name of our father be taken away? Why should others, uncles, get our inheritance? Why should this be? They took the initiative and God said, they're right. And here's the thing I, I want to press this point. And that is, I think sometimes God waits on us to take the initiative. It's like there doesn't seem to be any hesitancy on God's part. He seemed to be waiting on, these, on some woman to step up and say, this isn't right. Lord, would you help me here? And God said, yes, I'll help you. You're right. But he waited until these women pressed the issue. What is God waiting on in some of our lives? They took the initiative. They said, it shouldn't be this way in the people, with the people of Israel. Number three thing they did, they came as a group. Uh, they didn't even seem to have a spokesman. Verse two, they stood before Moses. Verse four, give us a possession. I want to recommend a women's prayer meeting when you can get together. What Jesus said in Matthew 18 holds true. He said in Matthew 18, 19, if I... If two of you can agree, and the Greek word there is symphonize, a symphony, harmonize. If you can agree on something as touching earth, then he said, it will be done for them if they ask the Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Two or three women coming together with an absolute harmony about something that needs to take place. And Jesus said, I'll be right there with you and we'll see that it happens. They came as a group, a unified group. And number four, they came, they believed in a future, a glorious future. Uh, they were willing to put the past behind them and go into the land of Canaan, the land of promise, and they believed that God would bless their future. They believed they had a future. Up to now, it's like, how can we have a future without our Father? But these women said, we can have a future with God. If there's no qualified heir, the woman becomes equal to the man in obtaining the inheritance. And they did more than that, actually, when you think about it. Ephesians 3.20 says, To him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ever ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ through all generations. He's able to do more abundantly than all we could ever ask or think. 
more than you've prayed for, more than you can ask, or even thought about. And I believe God wants to raise our level of faith and expectancy today, especially as mothers, especially as women. Don't put all your marbles, all your hopes and expectations in a man. Can I get an amen, ladies? I, I mean, I, I love marriages. Marriage is God's plan to disseminate the gospel. But men are not God's. God is God. And praying to Him. And if we will look to God, we can raise our expectations. If you focus on men and focus on things on the earth, you will be disappointed sooner or later. I know my wife loves me and I believe God brought us together. But you know what she told me a few weeks after we got married? She said... I can't believe I have to live with you the rest of our lives. <laughs> I said, what's wrong with me? It'll be about the same with anybody else. When you get to know them, they're just people with flaws and imperfections and failures. Now, she doesn't say that anymore. Now she says, I can't believe I get to live with you the rest of my life. <laughs> Sure as you does. <laughs> he is able to do much more than we could ask or think, abundantly above. Let me give you this. You're going to have to uh, listen real close here. God made a promise to David in 2 Samuel 7, 12. He said, I'm going to raise up a descendant after you and I will establish his kingdom and he will build a house for my name and I will establish his throne forever. God gave David in 2 Samuel 7 a promise that one of his descendants would sit on a throne and have a kingdom that would be forever. Now, everybody and I agree says that's talking about Jesus. The kingdom of God came in Jesus. So they're waiting they waited in Solomon, that wasn't him. Rehoboam was the next, Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Joash, Josiah, Hezekiah. All through Second Chronicles you have these kings. But none of, all of them were of the seed of David. They were descendants of David, but none of them was the Messiah. Then came Jehoiakim. He was of the seed of David. But he was a wicked man. He was so mean. He worshipped idols. He killed people. And they brought him the Bible or some pages from the Old Testament. And it says in Jeremiah 36, 23, that in the presence of his officers, he took the scriptures and he tore pages off and threw them in a fire, a hearth. His life was so wicked that God said, Jeremiah 36, 30, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, descendant of David. 
you will have no one sitting on the throne of David. He put a curse on him that none of his descendants would ever sit on the throne of David. Now there's a problem. Do you know what it is? Jesus is from David through Jehoiakim, the wicked king who burned the Bible. And Jehoiakim has a curse. None of Jehoiakim's descendants will sit on the throne of David. Jesus is a descendant of Jehoiakim. So how can God, here's the question, how can God keep his promise to David that he will have a son sit on his throne forever and also keep the curse on Jehoiakim that he will never have a, have a son on his throne? How's God going to work that out? Well, have you ever noticed when you open Matthew starts out with a genealogy and it traces the genealogy of Jesus back to David and it goes through Jehoiakim with who has the curse. So how can Jesus be raised and sit on the throne of God forever with a kingdom forever when God put a curse that none of Jehoiakim's descendants would sit on his throne? Okay, keep reading, come to Luke, and you open up, and Luke also has a genealogy. Only Luke traces his genealogy not through Joseph and Jehoiakim to David, but through Mary to David through his son Nathan. David had a son named Nathan, named after the prophet Nathan, probably. And Mary's genealogy, and this is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verse 31, Mary is from David's son, Nathan. She doesn't come through Jehoiakim. Now listen to this. Because... These women, in Numbers 27, got a law passed that said women can have the same inheritance as a man. They can be equal to the status of the male figure in the line of inheritance. Because they got that law passed, Mary, Jesus coming through Mary, can have the inheritance and the blessing God promised to David. Doesn't have to go through Joseph and Jehoiakim. That's it. They didn't realize they were actually paving the way for the Messiah to sit on his throne forever at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. What an amazing turn of events in Numbers 27. I just think we need to raise our level of expectancy from God. When I was in my 50s, I shared with some pastors, I think God wants, us, wants our church to start a new church plant. And they said, 
we thought you'd retire now. To retire, I want to start a new church. We came out here and saw this 18, 19 acres here. We bought this, this acreage, built this field house. And today we have two wonderful congregations, beautiful congregations. I love Sunday mornings. And the, the, the band always says, after the first service, we get to go do it again. And now we're self-sufficient. We're paying our own way, paying our own bills. And then when I was in my 60s, I said, God, what do, what do I do now? What do you want me to do now? I don't want to sit. And the Lord said, go get your doctorate. I said, can I do that? I said, I don't even know if I can get in. He said, I'll help you get in. And I got in by that much. So close. I said, Lord, I just barely made it. He said, I didn't say I'd give you a parade down Louisville Main Street. <laughs> I said, I'd get you in. I got in. Took six years. I had some surgery the other day and, and they had to put me out. And uh, when I was fading and under anesthesia, I kept saying to the nurse, you know, I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a doctor. <laughs> she pat me. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> and <clears throat> and it was a year ago this week that I graduated. And I had COVID so bad that I had to be helped up to the platform to get my degree. And when I got across, they said, you're a doctor. And I said, I need a doctor. <laughs> and they took me to the emergency room that night and I was in the hospital for two or three weeks. But I got it. Here's what I'm asking. What is possible for you? Raise your expectations. I feel like I've just scratched the surface, dear people. He can do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So I'm wondering, what am I not thinking? All oh, the power of God that he would bless if we came to him in prayer and faith and said, this is not right. This, this can be better. Let's do it, people. Some of you need to go back to school. Some of you need to make a decision about Christ and doing His will with your family. Some of you need to pray for the sick. We need to say, God, this is not right. In our early service this morning, had a sweet mother come up and she had her daughter with her, beautiful daughter. And she said, Pastor, 30 years ago, 
this little girl was born. She couldn't breathe. And I called you and asked you to come up and pray. And you did. You laid hands on her. They wasn't sure if she's coming home. We prayed for her. And she said, and here she is. 30 years later, what a beauty. 30 years later. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to raise our expectation. And so mothers, look at these daughters of Zelophehad. Think about what you can do. They changed civilizations and elevated women from that point forward. And wherever the Bible is taught, wherever the gospel goes, women are dignified and elevated and shown that in Christ they are one with a male. Praise God for his grace. God Praise God for his blessing and for his goodness. Let's dream no small dreams through Jesus Christ. Bow with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for our ladies today and I pray you will make them into great women of faith and, and bless this day. Give them peace today and give them grace today and give them blessing today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, you come and let's receive our